Well, welcome back to Trippin'. Um, I'm actively coming down, I guess, from a edible experience, a high dose for me, uh, cannabis edible. And it was almost too much. It was really close there. It was, it was, I think I found my dose actually. I found, I found my maximum dose, I think. And, uh, it was an interesting experience. I think, I think it's very weird that we talk up the therapeutic benefits of, uh, CBD and THC even, um, so much in the culture that I'm in. And yet I don't hear anything about tripping on cannabis and I trip, man, I trip. And I think a lot of other people do too, because it's, it's almost like an untalked about thing. It's almost like, Hey, don't say anything bad about this plant. Like, don't say anything. And I'm not even saying like when you trip on, on these edibles that it's like when you're really, really, really deep in the trip that it's bad, but it's challenging. It's like one thing like that's been challenging is even what I'm going to be even talking about on this, because I had to work through so much fear to get into what I actually wanted to talk about and so much unsureness and, and so much uncertainty and so much, uh, paranoia. It ended up being paranoia, not necessarily about what I'm going to say here, but I, uh, I experienced a lot of paranoia from my cannabis uh, edible experience tonight. And I'm understanding that paranoia. I'm, I'm trying to figure out why it's there. What is it saying to me? What is it actually saying? What is it like, you know, what is paranoia? And um, it's an interesting thing. It's something that I'm still trying to figure out. And I think what it is, is just sort of the the runaway of fear and anxiety. Um, and it happens to such a point where tonight, actually, I had a, uh, a panic attack induced from the high dose of, of cannabis edible. And that's what the paranoia sort of induces it because it, it's fear and anxiety, but it starts to become sort of overwhelming and, and so much to a point where it feels like the panic from the paranoia is attacking you. And that's what it felt like tonight. It felt like I, like I've gotten in a physical fight and the way that my body feels from that is the exact same way that I feel like when I have an anxiety attack. And that's what actually, that's like what I appreciate from having done boxing is that like, it gave me some relevance to this. It's like, oh, I felt like this because I felt like my life was in danger because I was like physically engaged with somebody and it's like, okay, so why am I feeling like that? Why is why am I having this attack when I'm not physically in danger, but it's linked to the physical well-being is what it is. So it's like my fear and my panic and, and what triggers my panic attacks is this deep seated fear of losing everything and and sort of becoming destitute and becoming and like and ruining my and like and setting myself up for failure like what i'm saying now somehow in in indicts like is like somehow like um part of the evidence of who i become and it's like uh maybe that's from watching like i don't know documentaries um I don't know, but I, I just feel like, um, 
that's sort of the fears that start coming up is that somehow I'm so special um, that something would happen to me um, bad and and it's because of what I've done here on the internet and so it that's the fear that comes up when I want to say something on the internet is what does that hold me accountable for and who does that make me as a person it's a weird thing to have to think about it's like why do I have to think about who I appear to be um, it's very strange but it's it's part of the I uh, it's part of my growing up. That's what I've started realizing through this, this cannabis trip was um, that I needed to grow up in very key ways. And I needed to, and growing up actually wasn't the, the best terminology. It's just that I needed to be in a state of growing. Um, I felt like, you know, I started contemplating a lot as the, I started tripping up um, from the, the cannabis edible about sort of my experience right now. And I was starting to think about like what I learned from homesteading because I wanted to do a video about that. And I started realizing that like, it was very fun. It was very experimental and I loved it and I want to do it again. But I also, there's other things I want to do too. And the commitment to homesteading is unreal like the the people who really do it and the only way that you get to the stage where you're really doing it is through years of commitment and it's like oh but i also want to travel and and i also want to create and all that creating takes time and the traveling takes time and the experiences and i want to talk to people and i want to i want to have experiences myself outside of planting and and digging and thinking about the biodiversity and working on projects around the garden right and last year i and it's not just the garden either it's also the homestead right it's this house and i started thinking about like oh i don't really like love this house in the winter like it, it's so still that i need uh and i don't feel like i get enough out of this like the you know, it makes me long for the van life days of of looking out the windows and and the windows not always portraying something magnificently beautiful, full, but something different. And and sometimes they did appear very nice and very beautiful and very like, oh, wow, this is living art that I'm seeing. That's that that is part of nature. And, you know, there's lots of living art around me, too, but. I don't know it's it's something about this house and the way it's structured and it really needs like I think I, I got to do something about the energy in this house and I don't know what it is and I think I I want to continue doing some renovations and I want to continue experimenting with all sorts of things but I need to actually put this on the side burner the house and the homesteading and everything for the concrete the content creation and for the making money because that's the problem with homesteading and of course with renovation is that it just costs so much and so um you know we've done what we can and we've been unbelievably supported um by the people online and and will continue to be and because i'm going to focus more on content creation which which should help with that it should help with more um you know, with helping more people and, and yeah, you know, it's, it's a, it's a weird place to navigate as well, 
um, trying to provide a service for people online. Um, you know, I don't want to sell anybody short and I want to, uh, you know, I want it to be right. I want it to, I want it to just be awesome. And so that's what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to create a podcast that is, uh, just that I keep getting wildly sidetracked from what I was trying to talk about, I guess, which is the cannabis edible experience. Um, I think it's criminal how under talked about it is. I think people talk about, oh yeah, I greened out. I, oh, I just had to go to sleep. I just went to sleep. It's like, bro, you're not tripping before you go to sleep. Like, I, I don't know for me, I can't sleep as soon as the cannabis starts to really kick in. It's, it's energizing, man. And, and coming from my understanding of chakras and, and that for being a language for me to communicate through, uh, I equate it to sort of the root chakra and the, and these lower chakras, the root chakra, the second chakra, the sacral, the, the, um, solar plexus chakra, the third, right? All of these ones become just so activated and it creates so much energy that it also creates a lot of sort of expulsion and like I, I felt like I almost had to puke and I have puked from edible experiences in the past. This time I thought I was going to and, and I was like, oh, oh my God, I got to I got to go throw up. And then I get up and I'm like, oh, now I really feel it. Now that I'm up, I run over and I just burp. And I was like, oh, maybe that was it. And so it was just a burp, <laughs> but it was so intense and it, and it was uh, it correlated to just so many other, uh, just so much energy going on and so much pain happening. Um, I had pain happening in sort of my, my stomach, right? And what is that pain linked to? And it, and it, and it's, and what does it trigger when I feel that pain? What does it trigger? And so I started going off into, um, kind of deeper, uh, therapeutic realms, um, of thought, you know, looking at, uh, different times in my past that I'd felt that way and processing and figuring out sort of how I got here and what is it that I'm actually feeling kind of getting to the root of yeah what is the actual feeling behind um, what is coming up from this trip and the feeling was like I said that fear of becoming destitute so that was what I was dealing with and it was very trippy because you know I look at you know, I look at media and I look at what it looks like to overdose, right? And these people are uncognizant and, they, and they're coming back to reality. And they're really, you know, if they if they come out of it, they're they're at a real low in a certain uh, certain way, right? And in probably multiple ways. Like I, you know, it takes a long time for somebody to get to that state. And and there's a lot of there's a lot of um, I would say probably mistakes that lead to that scenario. Um, but it's also doing something for those people, right? You know, it's, it's everything, everything is, uh, you know, meant to sort of have a purpose, right? We, you know, we, nothing is good or bad. It, it is case dependent. And that's why, um, right and wrong, legal and illegal is, is very hard to define. And, um, it is defined in our society and, and all of that, of course, but it, it is something that um, people think about, you know, just the idea of right and wrong. Let's be clear. That is something that people have thought about forever. It's what philosophy is sort of based on, a, a lot of it at least. Um, 
and and what is right and what is wrong you know that's that's the idea of morality i suppose but but behind that you know comes all the other questions about what is existence even and what is the duality of self and and all that right um what was i talking about before that right so what i felt like was i felt like somebody who had hit rock bottom and in that space you know i i felt like i was sitting there i was like oh this would feel like sort of how it feels to um od right i was i was sort of ODing on this edible right i had taken too much this is a high dose this is honestly um very uh the experience is, is extremely educational and very therapeutic actually but very intense and it is the feeling of sort of um overdosing on a certain substance and and there i can draw some sort of parallel lines to possibly how it would feel to with or, or to overdose on other substances and i think um you know i have no personal experience but what i see in sort of media culture is um this idea of sort of being at a, at a sort of a rock bottom of sorts and so i felt in that rock bottom um but before i felt in that i felt like you know, I was so worried. I was so scared of getting uh, so far down the line. You know, I was I was thinking about, you know, losing so you know not having enough money to, you know, get, get proper clothes. Um, you know, to to lose everything. You know, I was thinking of just so far down the line, and in reality, I I actually I think at that moment felt the worst that I think I'm going to feel. I think I'm only going to get better from that. I think that I needed to feel that to sort of realize what's actually what I what's actually important. What I actually need to do. What what do I actually need to pursue in this life? What's actually you know, how do I actually want to be? How how can I be more myself? And so it's insane to me that that how undertalked it is um the the power of these high doses of cannabis because you come out of this with um, so much drive, so much awareness of a certain part of reality that you might have been blind to before. And that doesn't mean a total reality or a total understanding, and it's not without its faults as well. You know, for instance, I find that cannabis is sort of this slow creep where it sort of, it takes a while to to have that experience it's not the first time you do it it's the first time you're you, you know it's just a fun experience but you know for me it takes a while or it takes an infrequent amount or set and setting to really sort of push for a more therapeutic um use of this material because it, it it's almost an enhancement right but when you're feeling bad to begin with and you enhance that feeling it's going to result in that way. So it's possible that this wouldn't be an overdose for me if I was in the right set and setting, right? So it, it is um, it is case dependent and that's why it's so hard to dose as well. And that's part of the problem as well is because it's not a daily use. It's, it's very hard to actually kind of dose somebody properly, facilitate them properly. I think it's uh, I think it could be used in the same way as as MDMA and psilocybin are used now um, in trials and finding results 
and I think it would get um, similar results, but possibly different as well. You know, I think um, I think it offers a real raw, natural, earthy way, and I think some people need that. You know, I think some people. Um, I think I don't think any I don't think any way of getting to who you are should be written off. I think um, it doesn't matter because everybody is so different and and things do work for for everybody, you know, and obviously that's why people teach tolerance. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's defined as. Anyway, I'm very excited and very nervous for this van life podcast because I want it to be kind of professional. I want it to be a show, but I want it to have my own style and I want it to be well produced. But I have to be the uh, the host and the producer. And I think I can do that. And I think I'll take it as like I'm sort of the artist of it. I'm sort of putting this together in an artful way um, until I can get some help doing it because, you know, that would be fun too. I wouldn't mind having some help. I wouldn't mind you know, like this, like right now I'm actually, uh, I'm actually not on like set, you know, like I, I'm just, this is easy because I'm just, you know, on this, uh, on this microphone it's, it's audio only, but with video, it's like, I, I feel like I'm going to be lit up and I, f I feel like it'll be easier in a way. I'm not, you know, right now I'm very exhausted. So I didn't want to set up video even if I did want to film it. But, um, uh, you know, it's like, uh, I'll have energy for that, you know, another day and that's fine. Um, but you know, it, it feels like more of an audience and it feels like I can do a little more performing and I'll have a little bit more fun. And like, even here, you know, I came in here kind of like lights off. I was like, oh wow, the screen's even bright. And, you know, I started like trying to get into it and I just couldn't get into this podcast. It was too sort of like intense and dark and, and not light enough to get into, right? We can get to those dark places, but we also need those light places. And we and that that goes for life, right? We need a balance, right? And it's it's so hard to get to, but um what I did was I just turned the light on and and you know, Ronnie's sitting over there and the lights on and I can look around and I feel more a little more energy. I feel like there's a little bit of presence here. There's a little bit of stage and that feels good. So I'm excited for the van life podcast because of that, because there literally is, you know, there's a, there's a guest that I can play off of and we can actually kind of talk and get to know each other and, and get into some things. And I think it's going to be fun, you know, and I've done these things in the past and I feel like I need to take a little bit more control and that's what I'm doing with, um, you know, the video card, I'm using my professional camera, I'm using Riverside, I'm using, you know, my best mic, I got some lights, you know, I'm doing the best I can with, you know, essentially no money, um, just, you know, sponsors pretty much. And I'm just trying to uh, just make this happen, right? So, you know, this is part of making it happen. This is sort of the documenting of it, I guess. And um, I don't really know what this is, but all I know is that I'm forcing myself to, to talk a little bit. And I want to do that because I've done this in the past as well. These short little rant videos and, and videos of my thoughts. And, you know, the first thing I, one of the first things I uploaded to YouTube was things I think of, which is 
the exact same thing as the Revelation podcast, which is the exact same thing as Dear Future Forest, which is not the exact same thing as this. So I'm actually putting that extra effort into it. And I think, um, I don't know, I might just leave that in. I smashed it, but you know, that even there, I accidentally hit the microphone and edited it out as part of this being more of a show and actually like trying to do something. And I think I can do that by just talking longer because I have these ideas and they can go so many different places and I can go so many different places with my different ideas and I can just talk about them. So this is, that's what this place is now. And I think, you know, I'm definitely going to have guests on here as well. I'm in talks with some people who will come on. And, and the idea is to have people on to talk directly about trippy experiences that they have had in sort of a storytelling fashion. I'll prompt with questions and I'll try to get, I want to really map these realms that people explore. I think I find it fascinating. And these are people who are willing to talk about, you know, illicit substance. And these things are hugely therapeutic for so many people and completely under talked and so i think it's brave and i think it's powerful and um i'm right there with them i'm excited about that so i'm excited to talk to some people and and yeah just have some stories exchange i think it's going to be fun so it's actually christmas day today this is a christmas day broadcast we didn't really uh celebrate christmas um we got some christmas presents uh, we actually did give some Christmas presents, but we opened ours early and um, we we celebrated solstice. We're one of those weird families that celebrate something a little bit different. And uh, yeah, we did this sort of combination, kind of some Yule Fest of stuff and some solstice celebration. And um, one of the big things that we did was we turned off all the lights and we just lit candles as soon as it got dark. Uh, that was really fun. That was really nice. And we just sort of, um, yeah, just did like a nice little try to like, you know, bring in a little bit of new energy. Um, it was good. It was fun. It was, it was good doing something different. You know, I, I find that holidays are very difficult to do properly. Um, you know, my family did Christmas and it was, uh, actually my first overdose on cannabis um, would have been one of the Christmases that uh, I was a teenager <laughs> with my family. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was uh, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a time where it just never seemed to work properly. It was always a little off and it always, you know, sometimes it was better than other years and sometimes it was okay and, and stuff like this, but there was always something a little bit off. And I think it does I think it happens with like the presence and the expectations, like, I, I think it's just, like, not good to give people such high expectations, like, you know, like, boxes that you can't see what's in, like, bro, I want to see what's in that box, like, I, I want that, um, especially when you're a kid, and you don't have anything, and, and, like, life is sort of new, so it's, like, even if you do have things, it's, like, you want, and I, and I did have things, but what I'm saying is, you want that next thing, especially, oh man, I remember like as a kid being like straight up marketed to by the media, you know, like Beyblades, they're the thing now, get some Beyblades. And it's like, I got some Beyblades, but they were a little bit late to the party. And it's like, oh, we're over Beyblades. And then, 
you know, it was something else. It was Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> how am I going to get Yu-Gi-Oh cards too, you know? And so it's like, I just felt like I was always keeping up with these trends, even as a kid. Um, and that's very strange. And so it's like presents feed into that because kids have all these wants, right? And I had all these wants. And so these presents always seem to be, I don't know, even when I got good presents, even when I like really liked the stuff I got, um, it just seems to be like that teaching of expectation and there seemed to be enough ruined times or times that, uh, I don't know, maybe this makes me feel a bit selfish but, or sound a bit selfish because I'm uh, talking about getting presents. But, um, you know, what do you do as a kid, right? You're not going to give presents as a, as a really small kid and you start getting presents. Then you start learning, oh, you got to give presents too. But it's like, you do that at school, you drew a drawing, you make a card, you make a macaroni necklace, like, I don't know, whatever you do. Um, and it does become something where you can do more. And sometimes, you know, it is fun. Like I've done some, some bigger gifts for people, um, where it has been really nice and it's been fun to give that. But a lot of times it's like, oh, I don't really know what this person wants or like needs, or, you know, I'm not like, I just kind of need to get this person something you know, so sometimes there's a little bit of that and it's like, there's enough of that to make it almost like, oh, I don't know if I love this tradition. You know, I'm not saying it's like terrible because of that. Like maybe the, the joy of, of giving gifts offsets it for most people. But, um, you know, I just never, I was just never that able to, like, I've just never had like the means or, or the way to give people gifts that, that are really, really cool. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like, uh, you know, anyway, it, it is what it is. Um, and I think sometimes even when I do, I, I think, uh, you know, even when I do, I think sometimes I like, um, kind of mess it up a little bit. It's like tough for me. It's like, um, you know, I, and I guess, I don't know, like, that's like a cycle I want to change as well. Um, just like the being able to give more. And that's partially what I want to do here. Like, you know, I'm rewarded for this because it feels good to talk, but you know, it also worries me all the things that I say and, and all that. But it, uh, I feel like, it, you know, I still feel like this is a net positive for me. Like, I still feel like you guys are giving me something, but I do realize that I'm also giving something here. And so that feels good. So I think that's why the, um, doing the giveaway on the van life podcast is, is like something that's really important to me. That's, that's one thing that I do. And it's, it's like the least I can do, you know, these companies just want to send me free stuff. They don't really want to pay me and I don't really have a good spot for them if they do want to pay me. And, and I hope that they will start paying me. And, and I think I can get some to, to pay me a little bit for the van life podcast spots, but just doing the giveaways is like a way that I can actually give back to people and it's going to be so much fun, like to just like have that happening, um, all the time. So yeah, that's going to be really exciting, but also it's going to be like work to wrangle these people in and all that. But I, I think, I think I'll be able to do it. I think, um, yeah, I think I, I'll get some people to maybe help me do it as well. Um, you know, some ad people maybe or, uh, whatever, but, um, 
either way it, we'll get something going and uh we'll get some we'll, we'll get some more spots you know some more free stuff for people i'm fading hard you know i'm on the uh whew, i'm on the tail end i was on the tail end when i started you know it's been 30 minutes and i'm fading i'm getting to the part where i'm just tired this is the part that i could fall asleep from having an edible lab but this is four hours in so you know i'm tripping and it's uh it's good though i'm realizing what some of the main problems in my life are you know i'm realizing that i started becoming addicted to playing video games on my phone and it's like this is real you know like I think that's something that's like doesn't get talked about at all either but man it is so easy to fall into routines of of getting some sort of satisfaction out of life from playing video games because they have built-in incentives and they they have you you prescribe them meaning they're like simulations for your life because they're games and games don't matter. It's like the same thing with like sports. It's like even the biggest sport game in the world is still a game. You know, the biggest uh, soccer match. You know, there's so much riding on it and I understand that. But ultimately, it's still just a game between a bunch of people. I have no idea what I was just talking about. Um, oh, addicted. Yes. So... I, I, I've been a, a sort of becoming addicted to playing video games on my phone and I find that it's um, it's become a problem because what happens with addiction is you start ignoring your physical reality for for whatever your addiction reality is whatever whatever that exists in and my physical reality needs a lot of work you know I live in this house that is half complete I live with a bank account that has nothing in it and I need to fix those things. <laughs> you know, I need to not be playing video games, right? So I need to be getting to work and I need to be doing things like this, you know, podcasting. I need to be filming. I need to be editing. I need to be communicating, networking and making it happen. Um, that's what this, this world lives on. And that's the truth, man. So anybody that thinks it isn't is not playing the game. You know, this is a, this is the streets again. You know, the internet is the streets. It's, it's where you hustle. It's if, if you don't go to school, if you go to the internet, you know, I never went to college. I finished high school and, you know, then was told that, uh, my dad didn't. And I was like, Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> I uh, I didn't know that, you know. So I don't have um, any uh, real training, you know. I just have life, and and what is training but life? I guess, but that's something we tell ourselves, you know, the ones who don't have schooling. And um, you know, this this game is this game has changed. You know, this is this is a different game and uh, I need to start playing again. I kind of stopped playing because I felt like I didn't really have much options here. I, you know, with um, honestly the pandemic, it's like I have to be breaking rules to 
continue what my job was. So it's like I had to switch and change, but learning that and adapting that is, it's taken me this long. It's taken me this long to realize that I need to do longer than an eight minute podcast every, you know, couple of months or whatever, you know, a bunch of different projects. You know, I need to focus down. I need to build this. I need to make this happen. And so that's what I'm realizing. And that's what the weed trip ultimately gave me um, was a little bit more confidence to be myself and say the truth and and live the truth because my reality is wackadoo. I live in a weird world and it is weird. And I can't believe how much I've documented. I can't believe how much I've shared because it feels weird. It feels very strange. And I feel very, um, I feel very weird. And, and that's because I, I'm still under the influence of this cannabis, but when I'm not, and when I'm sort of normal, I don't think it's weird. I just do what I need to do. And I just start acting and, and I start making mistakes as well. And I need checks and balances. And, and these are, you know, the tools that we, we have different tools at at hand to do that. And I find that this edible experience is definitely one of them for me. This is insane. And I can't wait for, to learn new ones, you know, learn new ways. I want to, uh, I want to keep pursuing the, the meditation that I'm doing and the yoga that I'm doing as I've experienced huge benefits from both of those and continue to. And, uh, you know, this is, this is the thing, right? It's, it's not one thing or the other. It's about learning as many tools as you can that really help and, and utilizing them and taking control of your life the best you can, you know, because we're not always in control. Sometimes, sometimes we don't have options, you know, but we, it's like that quote, it's like that quote from Sopranos that is so good and I'm going to butcher it, but it's, um, it's Junior saying that, you know, we never really know what the right choice is, but, you know, as the leader, we have to just make a choice and we have to live with the consequences of that choice and we have to just try our best. And it's like, yeah, that's so true. It's like, we have no idea what the future is. We have no absolute, absolutely no idea. And it's what a lot of us spend a lot of time worrying about. It's what I spend a lot of time worrying about. And it's like, we got to just make choices. And then this is what I talked about on the last episode is the choices, but it's that same thing, right? It's, it's, you got to make choices and, and you don't always have to stick to them, but you have to stick to the fact that you've made that choice and you, you got to just do it. You know, you got to be yourself and you got to, whatever that ends up being. And, and it takes, I don't know why, but it takes a long time to figure out who that is. You know, I'm 27. I thought I would have this figured out by now, but I guess I'm just starting to figure it out. I've been doing this YouTube thing for a while and it's just, I guess that's why it was successful is I've been doing it for a while. I've been doing it consistently, but it's like, man, that needs a lot of work too. And I need to start working harder at that. And so I need to start figuring that out because I can't just rely on, on it being steady anymore. Cause I, I kind of got screwed a little bit by, you know, the whole pandemic, not like not being able to work. And also just like, the finances are getting low. So it's like, I can't really pay other people to work. And it's like, oh man, it's like, 
this is not good. So, you know, um, I'm going to make it work by doing what I can with what I have. And I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because I, I have to, you know, and I, I'm making that happen, you know. Um, so, you know, I'm going to keep exploring and keep building the different ways that I can help people the most. And I think sharing these ideas is one way that I want to help people. And, and, you know, the idea of taking cannabis edibles is, uh, you know, it's just an idea, right? It's not the right thing for everybody. And for me, this is just my own personal experience, right? So the reason that I'm sharing it though, is because I think that it's helpful in its sense of the fact that you don't need, like what I learned from it is that I don't need to be afraid and that ultimately I need to relax because the tension that I'm creating from the fear that I have is breaking my jaw and causing me pain and making it worse and making me hit my rock bottom. So it's the fear itself. It's like the fear itself is the problem. And then, you know, how, what did I learn about how to solve that problem? Right. And it's a, that's a, that's a difficult one. Right. And I think, one of the things is that I learned was that I need to get away from addiction because that is what's pulling me down to those lows and I need to work on my addiction. And my addiction comes out in playing these video games and, you know, eating certain foods and, and having a little too much sugar. And, and so like figuring this out and figuring out life is, is not going to be easy and it's going to be a struggle, but it's taught me to look at what the actual problem is and address the actual problem so that, or not even the actual problem, but the problem at hand, the problem that's, that's most noticeable and the one that we think we can fix, right? We, we need to be realistic about where we are, you know, does this problem of yours, does it cost $500,000 that you don't have? Then that's a problem that you can't do anything about. So what's the next problem? What's the next problem? Even if that isn't the one that you need to deal with right away, you know, what is it, right? And are you able to solve that one? You know, the understanding of control is so important of what we have control over and what we don't. And we have control over our time. And the main thing about addictions more than anything else is they waste your time right? Even if it's a drug addiction, it's still just, it's wasting your time. So I actually like figured out a little bit about myself and about addiction because of this cannabis edible experience. <laughs> Ultimately, the, um, the insights that I get from these, uh, from these trips, um, are ultimately very important to my life and help me a lot. You know, I gotta just work a little bit harder and I need to, um, Unfortunately, just not prioritize playing video games with my friends, you know, as much fun as it is. And, um, you know, that makes me sad too, because I miss my friends. You know, we live, we live remotely out here. We live in the middle of nowhere and it's a different culture that we move to as well. And I find it, um, I don't know. I, I'm 
we're both, you know, getting a little lonely and, and excited for the trip that we plan on going on to uh, back to BC to see my family, which is very, very important to me right now um, to see and then to deal with um, some items that we left in BC because that's where we were living previously. And we're paying for storage there, which is part of some of the van dwellers lives, right? You know, we moved into a van, we got a storage unit. We didn't realize we were going to move across the country in that van without dealing with our storage unit and then buy a place. So we have a storage unit back there and it's, you know, 400, wait, no, 4,000 or 3,000, something like that kilometers away. And we need to drive there and deal with it. Um, The reason we need to drive is because we need to bring Ronnie and, you know, Ronnie has got this heart condition now. So you know, we need to prepare the best we can with him. You know, it's, it's ultimately actually, he's really fine in the van and a lot of people won't believe me, but he really is. He, he doesn't mind it and he likes the house better, but he doesn't have any problem with the van. The only problem he has is going over on ferries because the, the kind of the rumble of the boat is so intense that it really scares him, you know? And he gets really scared and I've noticed his heart beating faster when, when we've been on ferries before and we've taken him on ferries because I, you know, we lived on an island with him. Uh, we live on an island now, but we live on an island with a bridge, right? Um, we lived on an island before that had lots of, lots of uh, ferries. And, um, and so, uh, you know, I think we're probably going to have to try to get him a thunder vest or some anxiety, something, you know, like try to help him out a little bit in that realm and you know there's a chance right you know it's a it's a risk taking him with um but we feel like we don't really have a choice so and this is also what we need to do and like i said you know like i do have a choice but the choices aren't good and this is the best choice that i can make you know there is no ideal choice the other choice is staying here and feeling like we're not living and and we're stuck in this this world that isn't where we're supposed to be and so we need to figure out you know how we can balance that out and and that trip is is what we need to be doing we need to be at that we need to be in bc i need to be seeing my family um and yeah so you know uh yeah i don't know how much i can get into that you know um I guess I can just say just simply uh, a family illness is, is, is happening. And, uh, you know, I want to, I want to spend time with this person and, um, maybe there'll be more about that, but I, I don't have, you know, their permission. So, um, you know, I'll talk to that person first and, and maybe I can talk about this, that here or whatever, but it doesn't really matter either way. It's, um, it's uh, something I feel like we really need to do. And so that's what we're going to try to, or not try to do. That is what we're going to do. Um, we're good, but it takes a lot of preparation. It takes, a, and it takes, you know, we dealing with the consequences of, of choice and dealing with chance. Right. And, and the change also, you know, there's the fear of like, you know, we haven't lived in the van for a long time and it's going to be a radically different life than what we live now, you know? I live in a world now where I can become addicted to video games because it's too comfortable. And so in, in some ways, right? In, in a routine way. And so, um, you know, 
van life doesn't afford that as much and but it does you know we lived in a van for nine months and i think we built up some routines as well that uh, were healthy and unhealthy but we you know there, there's a lot more randomness and that's what we we're really craving right now a lot of we're, we're craving sort of more more in life right and it's like how do we make that and it's you know we got to be so motivated and we need energy and we need time and we need attention and guess what addictions take up they take up time they take up your energy and they take up your attention you know people call it the attention economy and all these movies all these social medias you know video games um, these are all designed to hold your attention on the screen for as long as it can and so and focused attention takes energy. If you try to focus in on something, if you try to solve a math problem, if you try to construct something, if you if you try to make something, you need focused attention on it. You can't just do it half asleep. It doesn't work. You'll just, it, like nothing will happen. You won't catch it, right? So you need focused attention to do things and to build a good world and to do the things I wanna do, you know, edit a podcast, film, you know, um, coordinate with other people and and build you know information for people right so that people can do more in their lives and they can be you know they can they can live the way they need to live to be themselves you know i want to give back i want to be a part of that and so this is it you know this is it it's it's about getting it's about getting sort of better and uh, i had kind of lost my train of thought there because i started thinking about how uh, what, I don't even know. All right, well, I'm fading out. I'm fading out hard from this experience. You know, it's uh, it takes it out of you. The experience of this cannabis edible, it takes the energy out of you as well. It's it's a physically exhausting thing. It is uh, a punch to your lower chakras, and you, and it is um, it you know it triggered a panic attack, right? And and you feel exhausted after something like getting attacked. You know, I got attacked by my panic and I was able to relinquish some of that and relax. And this is part of that, too. This is part of that relaxing. I'm trying to kind of get it all out and, you know, um, continuing on with the chakra language. But uh, I'm uh, expelling it through my throat chakra and and my third eye chakra, which are creative chakras. You know, I'm creating something here by saying what I'm saying and thinking what I'm thinking and you know I'm not just saying words I, I'm using focused attention to try to create sentences that make sense and that takes a lot of energy but that energy needs to go somewhere you need to feel you need to feel alive you need to wake up and you need to uh, explode your creativity outwards so that it is there you know that's what art is it's an explosion of energy from within it is not something random it is not something uh, i mean maybe it comes externally because we are all part of the external but ultimately it channels through the inside of you and that's what it feels like is happening right now uh, it feels really cool and I'm really thankful for it. I'm thankful for this world. I'm thankful for the fact that I can do this, that I can say this and that people will listen and that um, I live in this world that 
is challenging. You know, I, I just found it so challenging to be living earlier today at the beginning of this trip. Um, that's what that panic attack is. It's, it's, it's like your, your life is under attack right now because it feels so challenging just to be alive and living. It's very intense. That's what, that's what a panic attack feels like. Um, it's very interesting. And I think it puts a little bit of wear and tear on the old heart and body and mind. I think it's an exhausting thing to have happen. It feels like, feels like I just worked out really hard. And maybe I need to work out really hard so that I don't feel this way. You know, maybe that was part of it. You know, this right now in my, in my Kundalini sessions, I'm at the area of the third eye and I did half of it. And then I did a free flowing kind of yoga after that, but maybe it wasn't enough. And so it came out sort of in this violent way or, or maybe it just was triggered that, that, that feeling of, uh, all those, those areas being worked on was triggered by the cannabis. I really think that there's a, if you combine, you know, yoga practice or some sort of self-help or spiritual practice with, with cannabis, it, it, it really works um, much differently. And for me, I find that it works really well. Um, but uh, I, I think that just has to do really kind of with set and setting, right? And, and also just like those things improve your life and those things are changing you. Those things are making you grow. And so no wonder the, the sort of the growing pains is maybe what you experience through the cannabis. And that's sort of how I would define what was happening to me was it felt like it felt like growing pains because it feels it's scary to have to grow. It's scary to have to change. It's scary to make decisions. It's scary to grow. It's scary to grow because you could make the wrong decisions. You could do the wrong things, but you have to live with that fear. That fear needs to actually drive you and you need to let yourself feel it. And that's what that cannabis can do. I mean, that's what it did to me. You know, I kind of broke down. I started, I started crying actually, as I, as I re recognized and realized what I actually needed, you know, what did I actually need? And, you know, it was, it was to, uh, it was to make these changes in my life, you know, and, and I'll get into those another time as well. Um, as I continue down that road, but you know, these are just, this is just me sort of taking control and, and actually realizing, you know, it's, it's like, um, it's like I've had an insight, you know, it's like I've had an insight and clarity to, uh, the direction that I want to go, who I want to be. Um, it feels like a, a big waking up and it feels like it's a long time coming as well. And so I worry that maybe it'll be a long time coming again and I'll be stuck in this loop of, you know, uh, a short period of time of explosion of creativity and then big gaps. And, um, it hasn't served me well. It doesn't serve, it doesn't serve this medium well. And I'm going to try not to do that. I'm going to try to force myself to record for this hour. Cause that's what I think will work. And I think I like it too. I think that this is great. I think that 
I think I'm honestly proud of what I've said here. And um, I don't know, taken out of context, I'm sure it could be wildly misconstrued. And, um, you know, if I do something in the future, that then that will happen. But, you know, that's this, whatever, who cares? You know, it's like everybody's wrong until they're right. On this show, you know, I've talked a lot about money. Um, investing is an interest of mine. Money is really important. It's a store of energy of our, of ourselves. And basically, we can use it to create in this world. We can make all these different things happen just because of the money that we either use. And the more you accumulate of it, the more you can create. And it's just, uh, it's a fascinating subject. And it's a lot easier sometimes to actually save money than it is to make money. So today's sponsor is Mint Mobile. And if you're in the States and you have a cell phone, you can probably save a lot of money by switching to Mint. I mean, Mint has these plans. It's like 15 bucks a month, unlimited calling, unlimited texting, five gigabytes of data. They have 4G, 5G plans. And for 30 bucks, you can get unlimited data included with that plan. And so it's like 30 bucks unlimited data. And the internet is so powerful. We need to get on there. We need to learn. I mean, you're probably, you're using the internet right now to listen to this, to download this. Um, it's important to have, and you might be able to save a ton of money by switching to Mint. So check out the link in the description for Mint Mobile. And we get a kickback here. We get a small commission. So it really, really supports the show. It's super, super important to um, feel like I can actually do this and make a little bit of cash, um, th this podcast. So it's going a long way and it's really important for you to save money as well. So if you are spending too much on your mobile, go at least check it out. See if the coverage is good for you, if the service is good for you. And basically it's a smart business as well. What they've done with Mint Mobile is they've, um, they've basically done what more and more companies are doing to save money and to pass it on to consumers, which is not have a retail store. There's a lot of empty shopping malls out there in the world now because there's no need for companies like Mint Mobile to have a cell phone kiosk in the mall or whatever storefront. And so they can pass those savings from not having to, um, you know, rent and lease that space, not having to employ those people working there. They can employ people in a more concentrated fashion so they can have less employees and serve more people basically and they do it all online all through the internet and the customer service is supposedly pretty good still um, that's the other thing too is you don't want to like lose things by switching to mint mobile so i would check i would just recommend checking them out see if it's a fit for you um, basically when i ever have a problem on my cell phone i'm calling them anyway i'm not going into a store uh, that's just you know you're just looking to get upcharged basically by going into a store anyway so um check it out links in this description like i said